Hi and welcome to Life of Try. I'm Andrew and in this episode we will be exploring some of the science and some of the reasons for having sports massage and visiting regularly a sports masseuse and sports therapist. In the episode I'm joined by Gareth Warburton who is a former pro athlete himself. He was um, a 400-800 metre runner for Wales and GB um, but is now a sports therapist within um, South Wales in Cardiff. I've known Gareth for a little while now and I regularly visit him to keep my body uh, maintained and just keep me in tip-top condition. Plus, um, as most triathletes know, you can sometimes pick up little niggles along the way just for the sheer volume of training that you're doing. So Gareth allows me to maintain sort of tip-top condition and also manage some of those niggles. If you're local to South Wales and specifically Cardiff and you are looking for a sports therapist, check out Gareth's website at Gareth warburton.com um, he's a great guy he knows his stuff so let's jump straight into the episode where we explore some of the reasons for needing sports massage and sports therapy some of the actual techniques that are out there and some of the science behind it as well so here's the episode former GB in Wales professional athlete, uh, originally from North Wales, specialised in 400 and 800 metres, Gareth? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, see Google and uh, yeah. Wikipedia is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gareth is now a level four spa, uh, sports massage therapist running his own clinic in, in South Wales in Cardiff. Um, Guy, I wanted to get you on because um, a couple of topics that I've been exploring recently have been around body maintenance mm-hmm. and, um, you know, people coming into triathlon for the first time are generally faced with a, a new set of problems in the sense that they've got three disciplines to train for. Um, and I think it's a lot where a lot of people fall down straight away that they just try and push through injuries, push through niggles without really looking after them. Um, and again, that there is something that I thought was important and Ultimately, you are the expert in this, so it's definitely to sort of bring you in on that. And I'm assuming that, um, you know, you see a lot of it. You see a lot of triathletes within the clinic and things. Yeah. Uh, Firstly, thanks for having me on. You know, um, it's great to be here. Uh, And I do, yeah, I see a lot of triathletes um, on a daily basis, really. Lots of runners, lots of cyclists, lots of swimmers, and lots of triathletes as as a whole. Um, And injury you know, it is a big issue and it is a big issue in triathlon. Like you said, it's three different disciplines. So it's quite hard on the body. It's not just the running, it's the cycling, it's the swimming. Swimmers, you know, I see a lot of people with rotator cuff injuries. They come in with maybe problems around their shoulders, which are four different muscles that help move the shoulder um, in swimming. Um, But it's not the swimming that really causes injury. It's mainly the cycling and the running. Um, It's that pounding the streets. It's It's the cycling up the hills. Um, so, you know, injury is a big issue in triathlon um, and it's something that people should be aware of and they need to start looking after themselves a little bit better. Do you find, that this is definitely my experience, right? I, I, I come from a footballer and rugby background. So running, you know, as sort of, you know, I've, I've done it for years. Um, don't get me wrong, when I was a kid, I cycled a little bit and, and I swam a little bit. N- nothing competitively, though. So then when I came into triathlon within my 30s, apart from having a little bit of running background, I was 
then faces trying to take up three extra spots and th uh, two extra spots, sorry, um, of which I probably didn't have the muscle memory, the muscle strength, and the flexibility to do. And so, is 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 that something that you feel could be leading to injuries in the first instance? Yeah, I think you've got triathletes that are coming either from running, either from cycling or swimming, or you've got people like yourself, maybe that are coming from team sports or rugby, football, which the team sports people maybe not so much don't look after themselves as much because they just don't know how to or they haven't done because football hasn't really got a history of looking after themselves. They just do what the team does. They warm up with the team. Um, whereas runners and cyclists are individual sports people. They tend to sort of know how to look after themselves a little bit more because they have to. Um, they don't have that team behind them. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and going back to sort of like your professional background, I'm assuming that you, um, you know, with, with GB and, and with Wales, you probably had access to therapists on yeah. a regular basis. So, so you know, how often would you see someone? And, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pushing the boundaries here because I'm talking about people who are professionals. And, you know, the, the people who follow Life of Tri generally aren't professionals. You know, they're, they're the amateurs. But, like, how often would you sort of have body maintenance sort of um, sessions and things like that? Yeah, so like you said, I was lucky because I was funded athlete, so I had access to it every day if I wanted it. So I'd probably get treatment two, three times a week, um, whether that would be a massage, a physio, um, maybe some, some sort of maintenance work, stretching. Um, so I'd see somebody before every sort of big session that I would do on the track. So if it was a big session on a Monday, I'd always see somebody beforehand and maybe I'd even see somebody afterwards. Um, but that's the extreme of yeah. of uh, in the sporting world, you know, whereas, like you said, your listeners might be a little bit more new to the sport. So they don't they wouldn't need to see anybody that, that much because maybe they're not training as much. I was training twice a day, every day, six days a week. You know, that's a lot of training. Um, whereas your listeners maybe are only doing a couple of sessions a week, maybe maybe more, but they probably don't need to see somebody as often. But it's something that they maybe need to start thinking about. It's definitely something that when I first came into the sport, and I was one of the foolish ones who just signed straight up for Ironman without ever doing a triathlon before. Um, and I had a conversation with someone um, on a previous podcast who had done exactly the same thing. And I was saying, you fool, what have you done? And I was thinking, you know, that's exactly what I did as well. But, Ignorance is blessed, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Because <laughs> I remember going down and I watched Ironman Wales, the first ever one, 2011. And then mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is amazing. I would, I'd really love to do this. And it took me two years to then sign up and get the courage to do it. And then when I was training, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. I, I thought that I had to train, you know, the intensity of training had to replicate racing. So I were you a member of a club? Or? Um, I was part of a running club. Yeah. But, but, and there was people within the running club that had done Ironman previously. But you, you get a little bit you know, pig-headed to it, and it's that t typical mentality that you, you always feel that you have to do more, and and I know a lot of people out there who have done done that as well, especially people who, who wouldn't follow a specific plan. So, yeah, did, I was going to ask, do they have a plan then that they follow? Did you have a plan? Did you get something on the internet? I, I got a bit of a mixture of, um, so within triathlon, the, um, there's Don Fink, who's a famous coach, um, and his book has been sold probably thousands, if not millions of times, world over. Um, but I took that plan, I adapted it for myself, but I always felt, sure. oh, I, I need to do a little bit more. And I think that's where a lot of, um, 
and I think individual runners do this as well, where they always think, yeah. oh, I've got to, I got to do more, or I've got to play catch up if I miss a session. Yeah, and I think. So I don't want to use the term amateur, but I think amateur runners, they or triathletes or swimmers or cyclists, they think that more is better, whereas it's not. That's not the case, you know. That's that's such a, a a young person thing to think about. I thought that when I was younger, I used to train as hard as I could, as much as I could. But eventually, you get injured, and that that's not good, you know. Then you 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 having to go back to square one. What you learn is moving forward is that you need to do quality more than quantity, and that's that's a big thing to to learn and understand. Um, when I started again, you know, going back to what I said, I, I it was definitely quantity that I started mm-hmm. with. Um, and I would push sessions. I would run as hard as fast as I could. You know, I, I'd be really pleased to come away with a of a ten miler, and I'd be not far off race pace. Mm-hmm. Then you know. I wonder why the next two days I'm still bloody aching and I'm stiff as hell. Um, and then it wasn't until I started doing a little bit more training around heart rate or mm-hmm. using the heart rate um, zones and things. And But I used to hate it. I used to go out and do a, a zone two run and I'd be shouting on my watch to stop beeping because the, you know the, my heart rate was too high or, yeah. or something. I, I'd absolutely hate it. But And I know a lot of people now who getting into triathlon we're doing exactly the same thing and it's yeah. the same mistakes that are coming back but you learn from those mistakes as well i think you know yeah. you can tell people that they don't know until they've actually done it and the more they do the more training they do the more competitions they do and that's when they'll start to learn that they need to have easy days and they need to have hard days and you can't have hard days every day because eventually something's got to give yeah and i i used to think um that you know i, I train hard and then oh, I'd be all right. I'll, I'll have um, I'll have a deep tissue massage, and it'll be fine. You know, I'll be able to train hard the next day. And it's and you know it's not just the muscles that you're physically using to to move. You know, your your lungs, your heart, everything. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah, it's absolutely everything. Yeah, it's your mind as well. You know, it's nice to have. You don't want to be hitting the sessions hard all the time. You need a break from it. You need a break from just the mental stress of it because training is hard. So thinking back to like the triathletes that you've previously um, you know you support uh, and everyone, I'm one of them. But what what common injuries you see in? And you said about um, yeah. swimmers and swimmers are sort of mainly around the shoulder sort of injuries. But they're probably it's probably more cyclists and swimmers runners that I see you know that mainly get injured. Um, like I said, it's the pounding the streets on the running, it's the hitting these hills, it's going out for five, six, seven hour rides. Um, in the running aspect, you know, it's calf, Achilles, soleus, it's that lower limb area that really gets pounded, mm. especially if they're doing stuff like brick sessions where they've been on the bike for a period and then they come off and they start running. If they're not used to that, then the Achilles and the calf do get tight and they do get problems around there. So that's a real common issue. Um, in cycling, more sort of glute, bum, hip sort of issues where they've been sitting down for long periods of time on the bike. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the, the general common sort of issues, but it can, can be all, all kinds of different things. It's funny that you, you, everything you've listed there is basically every injury that I've had in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think a lot of it, you know, especially the you know the backs of the legs to the lower back, it's you know it's, it's a bit of an oxymoron, but it is all connected. Mm-hmm. And I often find that um, 
you know, I, my cars, there's, is, you know, that's where the, the pain is, but it's not always where the sort of the cause is. Cause that is, makes yeah. Any sense. Yeah, you got to use that. It's not always the cause. The cause could be could be up, it could be down, it could be down the glute, it could be low down the foot. It's hard to know. You know, like I said, everyone's different, so it's impossible to know without having to look at people individually where that issue is. But you know, lower limb is a big issue in running, um, and going to sort of exercise wise, it might be something that they want to have a look at moving forward because it would be an important area to work on. So, th- thinking about the types of treatments that you offer, um, mm-hmm. obviously, sort of deep um, deep tissue sort of massage yeah. is definitely one that a lot of people would be common with. You know, what what else is out there? Um, so it depends what the person comes in with. If they're coming in for the maintenance work, or if they're coming in actually injured, so you, you know you've got two ends of the spectrum really. Maintenance would be it might just be a plush massage. It might not be even a deep tissue. It might just be a bit of bit of uh, soft tissue work, getting rid of any toxins, anything that's left in the muscles, giving them a bit of a stretch, sending them on the way, and that's the sort of athlete maybe I'd see once every three four weeks. Um, they're common, you know, they just come in every now and then. Or it could be somebody that's injured where we would specifically work on an area. Um, I do dry needling, so which is like a acupuncture needle. You needle in the muscle, needle into different areas. Um, and that's quite a, quite a good technique as well to use for areas that are injured. So how does that work? Is, is, is Does that sort of flush out as well, or does that um, release pressure? There's, yeah, it's, it's, it's different things. It depends what you're trying to do. Um, so it is like an acupuncture needle. They've got different length needles, different girth needles. Um, and you would aim for areas of tight tension within the muscle. And you is work on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is a bit of a big word. But, um, so it dampens down the pain receptors in the muscle and resets the muscle back to resting again, hopefully. So it's similar to massage, but it's just a different technique. Um, and you, you talk about sort of pain receptors um, and things. One thing that you've definitely sort of spoke to me previously on my treatments is around um, not not so much muscle memory, but but maybe I am going down that route. But definitely the social aspect of injuries, like because mm. you know, as you know, I I've had a bit of a glute issue for mm-hmm. well, coming up to about twelve months actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I always thought, you know, you've asked me before. Do you think some of it could be psychological? And, and I, I always used to think, no, it's not. It's an injury. How can it be psychological? And then the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, is my body, or am I protecting a certain area of my body? Am I running in a certain way to because I'm thinking an injury may come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, pa- pain but, can be learned ex- uh, response. You know, it may have been an injury there. I'm not, I'm not sure on this on you, but as you an example, it may have been an injury six months ago, and the brain has remembered the the pain, has remembered that, like I said, the muscle memory from that, and it's still referring the pain to your your, your brain. That, that that's a common issue. Um, not for everybody, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely got me thinking a little bit different. Um, you know. Hmm. It's the uh, power again, of the mind. The mind is very, very powerful. Yeah, and I, I always, I always say this to people uh, when I talk about injury. I always say, oh, it's always the right side of my body, and maybe it is always the right side of my body, but uh, it, maybe it's also my head thinking, oh, injury on the left leg again. 
So you know, possibly, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's hard to know, but that could be could be one of your symptoms. So, um, with regards to sort of your regular clients and um, and how often you see them, you know, and, and thinking about triathlon because. Often people talk about triathlon, it can mean a number of different things in, as regards to the, the intensity and the type of act, act, um, activity that they do. And you can have anything from a sprint triathlon, which could be done in you know, an hour to an mm-hmm. hour and a half, mm-hmm. up to Ironman, which is technically up to 17 hours mm-hmm. and beyond, because you know, we all know there are silly people out there that go ultra. Um, so... I, if, if you know, if someone turned up to you and, and sort of said, right, you know, I'm, I'm aiming for a um, sprint, um, Olympic distance triathlon. Um, I just want to ensure that I keep up regular maintenance and things. How, how often would you suggest taking up yeah. sort of that, you know, massage and things like that? I'd I'd make sure that they were long enough away from the event. You know, I I, would, I do see people that come in days before a big event that have never had a massage before, and that's definitely a big no, you know. You need to try these things out beforehand. Yeah. Massage and treatment might not be for everybody. It might not suit certain people, and that's that's fine, you know. But you need to try it out yourself in training. I see people that turn up at competitions because they have these massages there for free, and people are getting these treatments before they compete in the morning of a race, of a competition. And that's, you know, that's a cardinal sin. No one should be getting treatment if they haven't had treatment before. You need to be trying these things out in training beforehand. Um, going back to the maintenance question, you know, if it was somebody that came in six months, four months before a competition, you know, there's no guaranteed answer, but something like maybe once a month, once every three weeks, if they were training a lot, if they were training three or four times a week, once a month is adequate, you know. We'd, we'd go through what they would want to get out of it. We'd do some, maybe some soft tissue, maybe some deep tissue, maybe some stretching, um, and it would benefit them. And yeah, going back to your point there about um, you know seeing sports masseuses at um, events, mm. you know, literally in an expo the day before, mm. in an expo on the day on the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's your view on that? Because I, I I was always thought you know and if you like you said if you were someone who regularly had that that type of treatment i was always told never to have something like the day before or a couple of days before just to allow your body to recover but you know is that the case it depends what it depends what the treatment is no one should be having a deep tissue massage the day before no nobody should be having that but you know when i was training we we would train specifically for pre-event competitions yeah i used to get treatment an hour two hours before a comp what, would that be more around warming up the muscles? Yeah, like I, I would. I would do a warm up myself. I'd go in. I'd have a stretch. I would have mobilization, sort of mobility work. Yeah. Um, depending on how I feel, sometimes because in the track and field you have rounds, so sometimes you'd have a, you'd have a round every day. So you know you get really tired by the third round. If you made the final, then you'd need maybe a little bit of extra work. Mm. Um, it depends where you're competing as well. If you're competing somewhere warm like India or Qatar, then you might, you might need a little bit of extra work. Um, so, yeah, I can't remember what the question was exactly, but <laughs> <laughs> I lost the match, right? Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, basically around um, how close to it. Yeah, yeah, so should nobody should be doing anything different prior to a competition. They should be trying it out in training. And ultimately, you know, of course, for a number of different things, not just sort of yeah, anything. Um, you know, gels, for gels, example. exactly. Uh, no one should be trying out gels. The, the amount of people I um yeah, <laughs> I know rock up, I, I like a, I don't know, 
Well, it's event. probably half the competition, I bet you, mostly. Because yeah, yeah. if they're supplying gels or supplying stuff, then you don't know how it's going to react in the body, but you should be ho- hopefully getting hold of these stuff that they're giving out for free beforehand and at least it, it was it um, it, it was my biggest fear when I first did Ironman Wales that um, I have to sort of test, because it was power bar at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to test what they were doing just mm-hmm. in case, because no one wants to be caught short in, in a 17-hour. Well. <laughs> <event. laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no no um, so what are you up to these days? Are you training for anything? Are you, you know, when did you stop sort of yeah. professional side of things? So I retired, probably getting off about five years now um, on the track. Um, and then I had a bit of a break from training, from running. Running is my obviously my sport. I, I do a little bit of cycling, and but running is my my big passion. And last year I signed up for a competition in September this year. Whether it goes ahead or not, who knows? But I'm yeah. still going on. It's called the Ring of Fire. It's an ultra marathon, 135 miles around Anglesey. So at the moment I'm training for that. So a bit of a step up from. Uh... Yeah, step w- up from w- half a mile. The track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing as the longest race I've done is 10k, uh, I'm stepping up to 135 mile race. Wow. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going through all those things about trying gels out, trying foods out now, and all that. So it's quite, quite exciting. I'm quite enjoying it. It happens to the best of us. The older we get, the longer distances yeah. we go. The slower we get in yeah, on the sprints. We, <laughs> <laughs> we have to go higher. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. Oh no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and that's where did you say that was Anglesey? Yeah, so it's a whole the way around Anglesey. Yeah. So is it really a hundred and yeah. miles around? Yeah, hundred and thirty-five miles all the way around. It's a big, it's a big island. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So it should be quite good. It's a coastal path, so it should be a bit of like undulating terrain, a bit of sand, and a bit of should be a really nice race. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, right, we're, fingers crossed that goes ahead. But uh, that's it. Yeah, we don't know, do we? At the moment, I know all these events now have been changing and they've all been pushed back and everything. So. And any desire, or if you, you may have done one already, to do a triathlon? Yeah, I've, I've thought about it a lot. My girlfriend does them, and she's done quite a few of them over the years. She's done Slateman, Sandman, and oh, wow. um, a couple of them down in the Gower here. Um, she loves doing them. So, yeah, I'd like to maybe, but the hard thing about triathlon is it's, the, it's, it's a multi-discipline event, isn't it? It's getting out cycling, it's getting out swimming, it's getting out and running. So. I, and, and that's it. It's the time. It's finding yeah. the time, even if you are one of the most disciplined people in the world right? and you've got your training down to a T, you still got to find the time to get out and swim. You do. And, you know, if you, if, if you pick an event which has a sea swim, then you've got to find somewhere to rest. Exactly. you got to drive there and yeah. you got to get into your wetsuit and swim and get home. Whereas running, you can just run from your door. Yeah. That's no, what no, I like exactly. about running and cycling, of course, in a sense. Yeah. Well, and, and where we are in South Wales, yeah, you're, not, you're never too far away from a hill. No. You've got the cycling element anyway. So. No, definitely. I've got Capilli Mountain. I've been running up there quite a lot recently. It's quite nice. Yeah, you know, some good routes around there. Excellent. Right, Garth, thank you very much for this. Um, no problem. Much appreciated. Um, no problem. No doubt I may well ask you to come on for another episode. If, uh, you yeah, know, to find right. another topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks very much. And um, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for listening to the Life of Try podcast. We really hope you enjoyed. And if you have any thoughts or feedback in how we can improve or any topics you want us to talk about in the future, please let us know. We exist to try and make triathlon simple, so your feedback is really important to us. Check out our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Um, subscribe to those channels. Follow us, like us, tag us into posts. 
just interact with us and we look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thanks for listening.